Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. The Amber Shoulder Mine is a stop along the path to the secret temple where Travancore hopes to destroy the amulet that links the devil responsible to his family's corruption. But instead of a lively mining camp, they encounter a strange fiend who offers a deal. Either give the amulet to him or promise to keep it safe, and he will promise to not slaughter the rest of the mining camp and leave, or deal with the consequences. After an intense debate on if the party should fight, flee, or negotiate, the plan is that Travancore agrees to protect the amulet and the party will explore loopholes in the Geese spell he is subjected to at a later date. Once the fiends are gone, the rest of the Amber Shoulder miners are safely found. Everyone agrees to settle in for a long rest to mull over events and then discuss what to do the next morning. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe Crazy. And I have to run out after we are done playing. And so I just have water with a little bit of the water additive that I'm used to. This is the the blackberry water additive stuff. It's just like the local store brand, but it is quite good. And it has just a little bit of caffeine in it for when you need a little bit of caffeine, but you don't necessarily want to down, say, a coffee or a energy drink. There we go. When you want to get energy without using an energy drink. I like these things. They're good. Also, I get to use it in my Yawning Portal mug, which right now just basically looks really, really black. But the more I drink it, you'll be able to see the little Yawning Portal symbol on it. And I'm excited by that. Carlton. What are you drinking? I do not have another Agua Fresca. I decided to change it up. But I will make my way through that giant menu. <laughs> Katie and I uh, went out for dinner. And on the way back, we passed by a bubble tea place called Gong Cha. So I have a Ooh. a milk tea bubble. Bubble tea. I have got to find a good bubble tea place near me. I miss it so much. Oh, so good. That silence is me chewing the tapioca pearls. <laughs> Travancore, what are you drinking and or chewing on in your drink? Good people of Favorin. Travancore's choice this evening is ginger tea with a whole bunch of raw honey in it because my throat still feels bad. Um, I'm not really chewing on the the, tea, the uh, honey, unfortunately, but it's good stuff. I mean, I, I do have a really good uh, Boba Fleet place near a couple of them, actually, right now. There's a Kung Fu Tea, not in downtown media. There's another Boba place not too far away from there. So, uh, so maybe I got to have one of those next time around. Inspired. There you go. Yeah. You know, they covered this on Sawbones. Essentially, most of the cough drops we have don't aren't much more than candy. Honey is on par for like, this is very important, everyone. It's not going to cure your cold. It will not make the bad things in your sore throat go away. But there's basically enough in there that doctors say like, you can have a tablespoon of honey and that'll actually soothe your sore throat about the same sometimes just being able to deal with the symptoms is all we can do treats the symptom doesn't treat the cause (laughs) it's really important separation everybody needs to remember yes we know there's medical grade honey and we know that it yeah there's medical grade i had no clue there was medical grade honey (laughs) that's another reason why the bees are the thing with bernie oh i don't think i put that together that's really cool. I honestly just thought it had to do with the fact that bees basically are the reason why we have an ecosystem and thus, you know, they're like the the white blood cells for the entire world and kind of also in Faerun too. I mean, you need po- you need pollination in order for there to be plants, you need plants for there to be animals, you need animals in order for have us. So there you go. No, no, there's medical grade honey. I have no clue. There's a Sawbones episode about honey and they talk about it. And she kind of deals with the fact that we're still not there and that honey is so widely available. But there's a lot of things. There's not research money because there's no reason because they're not going to make money off of it. But basically, either antibacterial, antiseptic, the reason that there's medical grade honey that exists in some hospitals is because people are looking for ways to use antibiotics less 
because you don't want to produce antibiotic resistant strains of bacteria. And honey does have some properties that are in it. I am not saying that if you get a cut, you should go slather yourself in honey. I am not <laughs> saying that. You should, for most cuts, actually just wash them with soap and water. And like a surface cut, you don't need Neosporin on. You don't need to be using like those kinds of things on basic things. You also don't need to go get the honey from your kitchen and slather it on your cut because you're not a doctor and you haven't been trained in how to use these things. Yeah, and you're not Karen Philly either. Nope. We recommend that you go talk to your doctor. Talk listen to, to your doctor. We are clerics, not to... doctors. Clerics, not doctors. But no, you know who's a very good cleric, though? Bernie. Bernie, what are you drinking? I wish I could tell you I was drinking something with honey in it. I got very excited for Jack's sore throat, which is probably the wrong response. Yeah, Um, it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I got really excited after I went through my course of rabies shots to listen to the rabies episode of Sop. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Which was also not good because I found out only one person has ever survived rabies. So it's a good thing I listened after. I'm drinking a rum and coke because we're out of beer in our household, and we actually have a coke, a, bo- a two liter bottle of coke that we hadn't opened, and so I opened it, and rum and coke it is from. Hey, rum and coke sounds good to me. I love a rum and coke. Yeah. It's nice when Coke becomes a treat. You know who also thinks that Coke is a treat? Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And tonight, once again, I am having a variety of hard seltzers tonight. (laughs) I've got the pomegranate, which, uh, these are my sipping ones. These are the ones where I don't drink, you know, when something happens. I'm just kind of sipping on it throughout the night. But I was like, can I make this better? And by better, I mean more boozy. The answer is yes. So what I did, I took an ounce of vodka, I took some of this pineapple hard seltzer and filled up the rest of the glass, and I created something. It's not a white Russian, it's not a black Russian, it is a diamond Russian. It's the hardest Russian. Because it sparkles. Uh, Vodka is made by, I I was going through like, I was going to call it something else, and it's like, well, vodka is made by treating this stuff with charcoal, and diamond is a better charcoal. And a diamond, diamond Russian kind of, kind of. Flows off the tongue a little bit. This is actually really good. And only does have the vodka. It also has the hard seltzer, which affects me so. So, cheers. It and, affects uh, me so. <laughs> and a shot of fireball <laughs> to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof. So, I'm going to dedicate this to one of my bros, Goober the Great. Yes, his name has been mentioned a lot recently because Friend I've been show. drinking his mead. But you my friend get a fireball shot tomorrow i think i'm seeing you tomorrow at the game at the uh ou lsu watch party and uh, board gaming thing so hopefully i'll see you tomorrow we'll see anyway goober this shot is for you thanks for being you bro and Ooh. by tomorrow you mean in the past in the past in the past yes. uh, i i will be either lamenting this game or celebrating it's actually pretty exciting because uh joe burrow the heisman winner is going up against jalen hurts the uh one of the Heisman candidates, two of the best quarterbacks in the United States, going head to head. It should be a really, really good game. I have no transition from that. It's the morning. <laughs> I have a question. Can I? Can I? I wanted to kind of. I know we did a recap, but sure. I wanted to recap some stuff from last night to make sure I had it correct because I've okay. been thinking about this like all day. Welcome to my life. What would you like to know? What 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 can we either recap or clarify with each other? Because th- a lot happened the last time we got together. So so mostly just what Bernie knows. Okay, so we have clarified that, and I think Bernie has sort of explained it to Travancore that he is under a geese. And I just want to make sure I have like the mechanics of it really straight. I imagine that anybody listening probably does too. Just because, like, you might be like, why didn't we make this decision? And the answer could have, in any other case, be, oh, shit, we didn't know we could do that. Um, You would be surprised how often decisions are made on an, oh, shit, I didn't know we could do that basis. That happens. I'm going to answer all your questions. I'm going to say for the the clarity of everybody, we're going to say that you all woke up after having long rest and you're having a little bit of breakfast and talking with each other and... 
anything that we're about to talk about, unless somebody says otherwise, is going to be information that's going to be shared with everybody so that we don't have to repeat anything. But we can still talk out of character in this moment. Uh, go for it. So, okay, so what I recall is he's under a geese, and Bernie has in her power currently two different spells that could, if cast at the right level, remove the geese. Correct. One is Greater Restoration, which is a fifth level, and the other is Remove Curse, which is third level. But all of her spell slots are back up. She'd probably cast it at a sixth level. Or she would honestly... can't remember. Do I get seventh level next, or just get another sixth level spot? You get We get seventh level next. If, if you take a level of Cleric, if you take a level of Bard... I won't. You would yeah. still get seventh, seventh level slots, but no seventh level spells. I may get the slot and cast... Just... Just as a precaution. Either of these would do it, and they'll do it in different ways. The issue being, if we remove the geese, Mr. Greenhorns will know. Correct. We wrote into the way we talked about this that he is not coming back the moment Travancore dies. There's no reason for him to, because we wrote him a reason to not worry about it. Yes, basically, Travancore dying will not prompt his return. There's no reason for his return because of Travancore dying, because he because Travancore, in the agreement, said that part of what he will do is make sure that the the amulet is bequeathed to someone else who will protect it. Okay. He's not prevented from returning at any time. This doesn't, you never told him he can't ever return. Just that everybody be freed, though they would all leave. And basically, case closed for now. So, but no, he has no immediate reason to return on the death of Travancore. Correct. And you can tell me that Bernie simply doesn't know enough in terms of this answer. Would he know when Travancore dies? Would the geese somehow alert him? Because it's not, the geese isn't removed. I'm going to say yes, because I'm going to say that um, the reason he will know that Travancore dies is not that Travancore is dead. Essentially, at that point when Travancore dies, the geese is removed. Because it's not like, this isn't like a contract that you filled out. No. This is a a magical yeah. promise that will be essentially gone if tra- either when you remove it or when Travancore dies. So you don't know if he'll know the difference between Travancore dying and the geese being removed from Travancore, but I will say you would know, he would know. Okay. Oh, it was about sort of the um, semantics of the geese, which I think we got into a little bit, which is we kind of talked about how far it can stretch before it breaks. Yeah. And that was how, I guess, so it sort of to me is like, what is the push and pull of this scenario? And that's, I think that's something Bernie is interested in, in terms of like, how we're going to do this. How soon is he alerted as Travancore is starting to push on the boundaries of it? When it breaks, he's, you know, when it breaks, he's alerted. If Travancore, so the, the way that you made, the Travancore made this promise was general enough that it allowed for enough flexibility that you already know, keeping it safe includes it's currently inside a bag of holding that is technically held by one of his friends. So you know there's enough flexibility to this that he's not immediately going to either break or take damage if, say, it's out of his sight or something like that. Like you, you... But if we learn the ritual to destroy it, even though we're not destroying it, but would learning that ritual count as not keeping it safe? Well, You're I think unsure? the ritual is dropping it into a giant vat of acid. Yeah, there's not a lot that goes on there. It's... I'm just saying, uh, in addition to the, the vat, I assume there was probably something you would have to say or do. I don't think there is. I think it just, the reason why we're coming up here is the this pool is so powerful that it, it'll dissolve even this or any magic item. I mean, Carlton knows that magic items are notoriously hard to destroy. I've got ass cheeks of steel and I wasn't able to destroy an opal. Yeah, that's not a magic item. <laughs> Yeah, 
you don't know for sure, but both of you are kind of correct. Yes, the the way it's been described, this is a, a magical pool of acid that can destroy anything. And, and chances are, if there is anything more than drop the thing in, there's not much more. As far as, not to once again rules lawyer, the way the spell works is... Travancore would take 5d10 psychic damage each time it acts in a manner directly counter to your instructions. So I would say unintentionally or intentionally learning how to destroy it, probably not going to activate it, the, the geese. Actually starting to go through with it or, you know, participate in its destruction or be aware of its destruction or things like that because he is supposed to protect it. So that's that's what I'm thinking. It's hard to get into specifics because the good and the bad of this is you left it general enough that Travancore isn't compelled to constantly have it on his person at all times or anything like that. But I think reasonable requests, having a sense of reasonability in this is probably your best bet. Okay. And so I think Bernie is laying all this on the table and she's like, so this is everything. And I'm going to actually, before you go on, I'm going to be a kind DM before this discussion happened, Jonathan, did you cast Rary's telepathic bond? Um, when would it have been? So this is in the morning. You've all woken up and I would have said, so you, there's no separate barracks for people. It's just these several longhouses. So you were given essentially a, a, a corner of one of the barracks so that you had, you were all together. But as you are now getting ready for breakfast and you're going, you, you are heading towards where there is, essentially more longhouses where there is food being served uh, and places you can sit. You are definitely not alone. I guess given that we knew we were going to talk, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to cast Mage Armor on himself and then is going to beckon everyone to come outside where we find a nice corner of the camp where he can do a Rary's Telepathic Bond uninterrupted. Okay. And do you invite Carissa with you? Yes. Good. That was what I needed to know. So yes, this has all been happening in your head as you are discussing this. So I'm Bernie, sorry, Bernie, please continue. And Jonathan, if there was anything else you had I, to do. I wanted to ask, or Jonathan the Muscular wants to ask Bernie, in the, in the event that this thing does come back, do you happen to have Magic Circle prepped? I can't. We can. I don't usually prep it, but... It's just, if we need to trap this thing it might be we might need is actually jonathan the muscular remembers that for werewolf bar, bar mitzvah yeah which I'm was gonna... canon right was that canon yeah but bernie wasn't in that someone else not was. only was bernie not in that i discovered after that someone might have used that wrong at the time well no no it was, uh, it's a minute uh, but still so or not a, a com- not not a combat spell but still yeah that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. I got things that can hold this guy that aren't magic circle. That's fine. It's just if we decide on another day to do this, that might be a, a handy spell to have in case we need to, con- you know, just another method to contain this guy. Also, yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular is also considering the geese because I believe it is also a wizard spell. It is. So enchantments are not his uh, his forte, but... He is thinking about it and also trying to think of other ways to, if not completely circumvent it, like, you know, circumvent the alerting of of this guy. Like, you know how in bank heists, whenever they're trying to trick the security, they always like they loop the cameras so that you never know that everything's happening. And Jonathan the Metromuscular wants to see if he can, like, loop the geese feedback like make it seem like travancore is just oh you know just protecting the thing gotta protect this thing but in reality the real travancore is doing something else and i don't don't think that that's something he can he can do but it's something he's thinking about oh bernie has a really good plan but um bernie says i think perhaps we take today and we learn a little bit about our path through the mine and we formulate a plan, and um, I think we chat. And Jonathan, how much do you know about the that geese, the geese spell? I know geese are bad, but geese are one of the most terrible things to affect this right. plane. Yes, they, but they that... they are evil and 
not only evil, but committed. Right, but the geese spell that's Ruthless. on Travancore. How much do you oh, know about that it? Oh, that geese. Or I'm sorry, Carlton. You gotta gotta be a little more specific. You talking about geese? Geese or geese? They're both bad. Anyway, well, good job. Because yeah, I was gonna say, because you could always ask Master Zick more about it. Like Travancore, close your ears, and by your ears, I mean your mind. Um. Oh, I should have excluded Travancore from this call. No, no, I. That's not. Travancore. Yeah. We'll figure a way. Wait, can we, with very solid black bond, we have to like speak to everybody all at once or can we speak to individual people? It's a party line. It's a party line? Yeah. If if you use it every, it's it, it's a broadcast. If if you think something okay. in. I, I'm, well, I could still think without you hearing my thoughts, right? I have to like think what I want to say. Right, right. You basically, it's your speaking in your head and everyone hears it, but you have to actually do okay, it. Like then. I'm going to grab a pen and paper or a quill and parchment and I'm going to write down a little note and hand it to Jonathan and on it it's like if Travancore thinks the talisman is safe even though we destroy it will he be affected? Like can we destroy it without his knowledge and as long as he thinks it's safe be okay? You know that's actually a good point and Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to Put his fists together, his eyes are going to glow, and he is going to cast Sending. Okay. Who are you sending to? Which of his, of his colleagues at the Amethyst Acropolis of the Watchful Order, which one would be more inclined to know about enchantments? Let's take a look at the Watchful Order Magician Protector's Charter, shall we? Because... <laughs> That she's had for months that we've never had to pull out. Well, then that Jonathan has had as well. So he would know all these if people. If not, I have another option that is a little off the wall that Carlton might be the only person who remembers this because it was a conversation that, that Jonathan and he had. Okay. So you've got a couple of options. This is a specific enough because you're basically asking about a specific spell. There's not like. There's not like somebody who's you don't have like enchantments and evocations and and those kind of specialists. Mm-hmm. The watchful order, the guild masters there are administrative in a way. Balana Zadok is the research coordinator. So as far as somebody who would who specializes in researching new spells, in new ways to use spells, things like that, she would probably be useful. You haven't met him, but Selwart Nurip is the uh, education headmaster. So he is the person in charge of all of the teachers and any of the tutoring that's going on. And you have to figure that anybody that's in charge of that, they might not know themselves, but they might know who to go talk to. So you might want to talk to them, but you, you have not met that person yet. Yeah, that'd be probably the two the two people that you know of, at least, that uh, you could reach out to. Okay. Hmm. At least Jonathan and Bernie would know this part of it. The idea of destroying the amulet and then Travancore not knowing that it's been destroyed would absolutely work. As long as the geese spell is not tied to the amulet, it's tri- tied to Travancore. And as long as Travancore honestly believes that the amulet is safe... It's safe. However, all of you can think of reasons why that could all fall apart incredibly quickly. And whether or not you want that moment to sneak up on you or not is up to you. But yes, as long as he believes it is safe and he believes he knows where it is, then yeah, there would be no problem. Okay. It's good to know. I am going to... And I'm sorry to do this, but I think it'll be funny. I'm going to actually consult a professor from school. Mm. Okay. Who are you consulting? Professor Holly Wood. Are we doing the thing in where I know a person? Are we going to do this? Sure. We can do that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm really excited. Three Azimar and a Tiefling are sent to a strange new world on a divine mission. 
Trouble is, when they arrive, none of them can remember what the mission is, and only one of them has any interest in the god that sent them. Join Briathos, Bizdira, Kit, Flick, and DM Jazzy Hands as they play matchmaker with kobolds, assassinate Yuan-Ti political figures, and completely, if accidentally, disrupt the delicate equilibrium of the world they found themselves in. Reviewers call it a patchwork of beautiful storytelling, immersive roleplay, and a healthy sprinkling of humorous banter. The Last Refuge is a weekly D&D actual play podcast set in a completely original world. Check us out at dndlastrefuge.com. Happy gaming, y'all. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this week's code will expire on January 19th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. P-E-N-E-T-R-I-M-W-I-C-K So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. A while ago, I asked some of our friends to help me fill out the professor list from Jonathan's time at the Neverwinter Academy of the Arcane Arts. And uh, people like Goober and people like Izzy, uh, Josh, uh, (laughs) Dop. Uh, All of them helped out and added people. Uh, This particular person is from Izzy, uh, and this is the note. Professor Holly Wood, tiefling enchanter, major drama queen, extremely flamboyant and confident, a fourth-year instructor, Professor Wood taught Jonathan to explore the the more showy sides of his magic. She encouraged JMM to embrace his persona and be larger than life. Okay, so... The thing we're going to do right now is is also something else that I've wanted to do for a while. And I, I talked to all the players about this earlier. Uh, the, or n- the initial intent was to start this with our new campaign, but shit, let's just do it now. So do it live! A, yeah, a while ago <laughs> on tw- a while ago on Twitter, and I've actually, I have it screenshotted here. So someone, David Nett on Twitter, proposed some ideas for essentially the quote-unquote, I know a guy. Uh, which we're going to say, I know a person, so that it's it can be used for anybody. And that the idea in a D&D game is that at any point, one of my players can say, hey, I know a person who can help with this, who can answer some questions. And we workshop right here in a couple of minutes exactly who they are. This is, would be an NPC that has never appeared in the game, that is brand new for, for all of us. We workshop who they are. And the contract is whatever you are contacting this person about knows the answer to what you're, you're going to do. However, there will be a secret role to determine how well this person reacts to you. Uh, If they still like you, if they don't like you, if they even remember you, to add a little bit of flavor into this. Now, um, I think the original intent was a charisma role. However, I think it's more fair that the role reflects the the person that we're contacting, and that way this isn't just whoever has the highest charisma needs to be the person who always knows a person. So you said that this was someone at your old academy that you knew that was specifically about performative and enchanting magic. So That's correct. All right. Then the role I want from you, Jonathan, to determine... Uh, and I'm not going to tell you the DC. I'm just going to get a role from you. I want either a performance role or an insight role. Hmm. I'm not even going to look at my sheet to see which one's higher. I think for Professor Wood, it's going to be a performance role. Okay. Give me a performance role and tell me what to get. I am going to use a point of luck. <laughs> Do I want to let you use a point of Ah, eh, fine. I had a moment where I'm like, do I want to let you use a point of luck on this? I honestly forgot it. Natural <laughs> 20! Right. So so it's a performance role. Does this mean that she also trot, like, that you you were the understudy 
for the leading role in the school play and <laughs> the lead like totally 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 like did something stupid that took them out of the play and you came in and saved the day and were better than the original and so she loves you forever for that you're her favorite student sure and we can we can take it a little bit further so john i've stated before that jonathan the magic muscular does not care for musicals uh even though jonathan the actual player loves them so we can say that in his brief time in drama he was really into actual theater and he considers musicals an abhorrence <gasps> i know Ooh, i know wow role-playing this hey, is gonna listen, be interesting listen as someone who has actually performed and fucking loves musicals i know it is I know. hard i know all right go ahead and uh, cast but, your but to, to the uh to to that and the performance check is a 23 okay i'll go ahead and cast your sending all right hi professor wood it's Jonathan, the Magimuscular. How's it going? I have questions about geese. The spell. <laughs> Specifically, how to cleverly defeat it. And that's it. Yeah, no, no, I think that's like 20, that's like 20, 23, 23 to 25 think, yeah. words. Yeah, I was, I trust y'all to be good about it. Okay, it is second or two before you get a response. Long enough you figure, oh, well, you know, it's been a little while since I talked to the professor. She's, you know, probably a little surprised. But you do hear the familiar voice of Professor Wood in your head. The welcoming voice that says, Jonathan, it is lovely to hear from you. Geese, oh, you are in some very interesting magics. Being clever takes more than 25 words. The spell ends, and then a moment later, you receive ascending. Oh, I don't get very many of these. I send a lot out. I, I, I'm one of those with like a really low follower count, but a really high post count. Yes. Wait, she's a tiefling, right? <laughs> yes, we had this discussion. Carlton blew Jonathan's mind because it was something that he had not consciously thought of. I'm just saying you have a type. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what you said that's what blew his mind he's like he had never considered yeah, that maybe have a type. oh my god yeah there's yep. also oh it gets better there's a story from jonathan the magic muscular's youth uh that is that i've sent to lauren that may also involve yeah. a tiefling girl no no it's, it's it's completely innocent it's just kids being kids but it it does involve a little tiefling girl i think of all the education that you've missed he's gonna play a tiefling in the next game but i don't even know you're right <laughs> This is this is why I'm excited when like you know there's fucking backstory that I've been waiting for years to come out in this, this game. This is come on. so this <laughs> is it is very possible that college Jonathan the Magic Muscular had a crush on Professor Wood. It's very possible. Oh, it's more possible. Ber Bernie's not it's even in on this sending, and she's just sitting there going, mm. yeah. "You." As soon as you see his eyes light up, you're just, Bernie's like, "I don't need an insight check to know you're talking to a lady tiefling." Don't. She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> so the first sending ends, and then immediately you get another sending from Professor Wood, who obviously wasn't done talking to you, who continues as though there was no split in this conversation, and she says. I will need to know many more details in order to be able to help. There are many possibilities. I am excited. You should come visit or I could visit you. And that's the 25 words. And then Jonathan, before you get a chance to respond, she sends sending again so that she can continue. So the third DMs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the third sending comes through and says, but I'm in the middle of a class right now. It'll probably take an hour or two to come visit, maybe even figure out how to get there. Where are you? She's everything I want to be. And it finally stops. <laughs> so Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to open his eyes. So does he get two responses? In this case, he only gets the one because she essentially overrode the first. Gotcha. So you get 25 words in the response to her third sentence. I wasn't sentence. sure how it, like, like it layered. Right. So Jonathan the Magimuscular, he grins wide and he thinks back, I am at the Ambershire mining camp. Is that Ambershire? I thought it, it is was Amber not. Shoulder. Amber Shoulder. Amber Shoulder. Sorry, sorry. There you go. Amber, you would Amber yeah. Shoulder uh, mining camp. 
uh, in the spine of the world north of Mirabar. If you can come, that would be awesome. I don't mean to uh, intrude, but we do have a situation. So that was your answer. Ooh. There's a good 30 seconds. And then you get another sending. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> because when you are this kind of person, you just blow all of you your just sendings. blow all of your third, third level slots. That's I fine. I love her. Yep. And she's in, in the middle love. of giving an exam. All the students are just like head down. She's bored. I know. I know. Yeah, she's been teaching. And then in the middle, she's like, oh, pardon me, darlings. I have a very important call to take. And actually, that's the first part of the sending you hear. Jonathan, you hear her say, Darlings, I have an important call to take. Oh, I don't, I don't know where that is. That's exciting. I'll figure out where that is. I can talk to a few people. Let me see what I can do. I'll get back to you in about a 40, 50, an hour. Give me an hour. It'll be so nice to, and then it cuts off. (laughs) And he says, Professor Wood, I truly appreciate this. Thank you. And, you do uh, not immediately get a response. Because <laughs> she should be out of third level spells now. <laughs> okay. So, you don't know. Jo- you have no idea. She was one of your professors. Uh, okay. Yeah, she could. She could. She might have sending stones or something. She can send you ascending at a different level, too. She can send it at whatever level she feels like above third. This is true. This is very, very true. I wish they gave you more characters for higher level. So Jonathan the Magimuscular opens his eyes and says, So... In the call, I'm assuming. In the yes, in the call. Okay. Uh, we're gonna have a visitor, maybe in about an hour. Oh. A professor of mine from from school. Uh, oh. Carlton, I believe I remember. I don't know if you remember uh, that night on the uh, on the ship when we had escaped from the iceberg. We were working out on the deck, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I brought up Professor Wood. Oh, the one you had a crush on. Oh. I. Huh. <laughs> So, Jonathan, Jonathan Magimuscular starts doing this. Where I didn't say that. You inferred that. You're not incorrect. I'm just saying that she, she so cutting to the, <laughs> cutting, cutting to the, the point, she is an enchanter. She, that is her specific school of magic. Uh-huh. And she is a very powerful one. Uh-huh. I think she's going to be able to make her way here soon. So we can present our problem. And maybe, maybe she can help. It's always good that no friends. Yes, I think she may be able to give us some, maybe some insights we haven't we haven't thought of, or at least confirm you know the notions that we already have. And if nothing else, y'all get to meet a professor of mine from school who was one of my favorite professors. I would pause quite a bit, including saving Travancore's family's eternal souls to me. <laughs> This person. No offense, Travancore, but I mean, you guys have waited several generations. Why not wait a few more minutes just to, you know, find this one out? Well, and also, like, if this is a, if this is the kind of thing, you know, I need to call in a favor on, then I, I would say this is the kind of thing to call in a favor on. Oh, yeah, a hundred. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, totally. A hundred percent. A hundo percent. Can we kick Travancore from the call really quick so I can present you guys all three plans I have so we're on the same page when she gets here and she can tell us what we can do? Before you do, you see that Carissa has been kind of standing off to the side for a while listening in because she's been included in the call. And at this point... Which is very, very magnanimous of us, by the way. I just want to say. Well, whether you say that to her or not, she finally speaks up and says, there are some things that we need to discuss before certain people are not able to talk about them anymore. One of them being nobody else here except for the overseer knows where we're going and how to get there. So it is very important as all of this is going on, as all of these plans are being figured out with whatever this thing is that that creature wanted, as you are bringing people into this camp, that no matter what, you continue to tell people that we are we were here to inspect the camp. You cannot at any point lead on that this thing wanted something we're going to destroy, because... That is the whole purpose, is that nobody knows about this. Only the overseer knows 
how to get to the tunnel that leads to the last bastion. So when this friend of yours shows up, she can't know either. Okay. I will simply present her with a problem. And that's that's the that's the extent of the knowledge that she needs. The a friend is under an enchantment. She is an enchanter, and that's it. Carissa, that actually brings something up. But, uh, before we move on from that, it's important that you realize that if the question comes up about why this creature showed up now in this spot and wanted to get the amulet or make sure that Travancore kept it safe, then. We need to come up with an answer that doesn't include we were going somewhere to get it destroyed. We can just say he was scrying on us. Right. And we we can we can leave out the specifics of the amulet's destruction. She can know about the amulet. She just can't can't know the significance of where we are, right? We could say that the creature chose this time because we were coming up here to inspect the mines that they were able to hold the miners hostage and so we were more willing to deal with it. That's true. Like that 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 is very true that one of the leverages he had were the lives of all these miners. Exactly. In this situation. Whatever the response is, it cannot even indicate that destroying this thing was something we were trying to do because Well, that's fine. We can just tell them we don't know how to destroy it and it's undes- indestructible. All of that is fine. Once again, I'll be trusting your abilities to lie on this. Finally. And we just don't let Carlton talk in the lying situations. Carlton gives a big toothy grin. Do none of you have any protections against scrying? I thought we had an amulet at one point. At one point? You don't. And you see Carissa dig below her furs, below her armor and everything, and she pulls out... It's not an amulet that you recognize, but she is wearing a amulet that has, uh, it actually has a symbol of Tempest on it. And she holds it up and says, this protects me. Are you, you don't no, have anything that has been keeping you from being scried upon? No. We, we it's briefly been... had one on loan from, uh, from some people when we went under underwater deep, but we don't currently have one. Right. And it's actually bit us in the ass recently. And you see her dig into her pack, and she pulls out a lantern. And uh, I'm going to say at this point, you've had breakfast, and you've kind of left, and you're kind of standing outside before you're going to go talk to some people as you've been having this silent conversation. She pulls out this lantern, she kind of looks around a little bit, and reaches in and uh, uses a little bit of tinder to light it. And it gives this very soft glow that seems like just regular lantern light and she holds it up and then she kind of sighs and then she looks over at, at you Carlton uh, and she's like you're tall take this wander around just within the next like 10 feet of us L- look for anything that shows up it's not going to be near me and she hands you the lantern is that what I think it is like a true seeing lantern kind of thing no it just reveals invisible things here oh take like it. what okay. Travancore has I do the Yes, the one that you never used that I gave you when I DM'd that one shot way, way long ago, where we got Bernie's diadem and Jonathan's goggles. Oh my gosh, you're you're right. I, that that was that was canon. Huh. I'm gonna add that to my sheet. Well, Travancore has for <laughs> Travancore has forgotten he's had it, and Carlton wasn't there, so I don't know if Carlton knows. I, well, I I'll would let have you have seen that lantern. I guess it looks similar, right? Well, I think hearing and seeing that like would probably jog Travancore's memory, and he reaches into the bag holding like, "Oh, you mean like one of these?" <laughs> and so, what exactly does he have? What's the uh, lantern of revealing? Yeah, it's this it's the exact same thing. His... You look at the bottom; it has the same like maker stamp on it, like. <laughs> <laughs> just pinches the bridge of her nose. <laughs> She's like, my head. Same production run. <laughs> I need a quick insight check from Carlton, Jonathan, and Travancore. Oh, dear. Right now. Yep, yep. pulling it up. So, uh, oh, so you said- no, she insight. thinks she's, she thinks we're idiots. That's fine. 19. Nope. Nope. 19. Uh, 13 <laughs> from Carlton. 8 from Travancore. Jonathan? Carissa doesn't do the same motion in in that moment as you realize, oh, Travancore's had one of these lanterns this whole time. You watch Bernie pinch her nose and like sigh and you watch Carissa make the same face. Oh, that's weird. And for a moment, you could swear they're related. 
But you're not sure. Maybe but then it's, you I think, mean, uh oh, I've been racist, and you say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's up to you how you respond. But it, in this moment, as they both make the same exact face. You're not sure, are they just making the same face and so they look alike? Are they, I'm not going to say that he's, they're both gnomes, but no, like they both have the same reaction in the same moment. There's, a, like, huh. there's a spark where, when you see like the both Hemsworths and they kind of do a similar thing and you're like, oh, they could be related. Nah, they wouldn't get Thor's brother to be in Thor Ragnarok. That's weird. <laughs> but they totally got Thor's brother to be in Thor Ragnarok. And then Carissa composes herself again and hands the lantern to Carlton and then looks at Travancore and this is all still in the call and says, why don't you light yours and uh, let, let's do a quick in the, the like 10, 15 feet of us. Let's do a little perimeter search because I'm protected against scrying, but just me. And then that'll that'll inform what we can and can't do in case there's a sensor on us. Yeah, I use my lantern revealing that I've had this whole time, but just kind of forgot about. <laughs> All right. And uh, Carlton, are you taking the other yeah, one? Yeah, I'll take it. And then uh, I'll kind of like instruct Travancore, like, let's kind of start back to back and we'll go like in opposite directions and kind of meet in the middle, you know, so that way we're covering the most ground in the shortest amount of time. Okie dokie. Doesn't make sense for us to walk in tandem, you know? Yeah. Okay. Travancore, you would know because you've had this, even though you've forgotten what this thing is. And Carissa will tell Carlton really quickly that basically it's within 30 feet of this lit lantern. It will reveal anything that is invisible. And as you do this circuit, Travancore. Yo. You see it. It looks just like the one that, I mean, you don't know whose it is, but you recognize the sensor from the one that Thontorvac was using on you not that long ago. Uh, yeah, we got eyes on us. I can cast a spell magic if you want, and we can banish those eyes. Well, I don't know. I mean, they probably... Hey, Travancore, uh, uh, walk away from the sensor. I don't, I don't know if they've seen us trying to suss out. I don't know if they've, if they've seen us try and suss out that there is one on us, but I don't know. I kind of I want them to think that... I don't know. Shoot. Because if we keep having to do this, eventually they'll see us using lanterns to try and find stuff. Don't react to it. Just keep walking. Okay. I do that. Okay. You keep moving. It is right on the edge of that 30-ish feet from where you've all been gathered around. And it, it seems to be just hovering there near enough to be, those of you who know scrying, near enough to be able to hear if you had been talking. Actually... And we're not talking out loud. No, not yeah, yet. Yeah, as I said, I've assumed this whole time that unless you said otherwise. Remember at the beginning of this game when I said it was going to be really nice and I was going to ask if you would cast Rary's Telepathic Bond? You're welcome. Speaking mm. of Thontorvac, do you guys think he could probably just eat that guy? I and Probably. I mean, it sounds like they would at least, this guy and his crew would be a match for Thontorvac, but. Th- Thontor who? Oh, a blue a dragon, dragon that we know. know. <laughs> Bernie, uh, Bernie and, and JMM say that exactly the same way at exactly the same we time. We did. <laughs> at least in my call. In my call too. In mine too. She doesn't respond, but the dead-eyed look she's giving the two of you of like, this, this is a thing. All right. This is supposed to be oh, an easy job. Oh, Ber- Bernie's actually got a scar. Maybe she can, uh, maybe she'll show you sometime. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Anyway, maybe, I, I don't know, should we talk idly? You know, do, do a performance here? Well, I think I, I do want to present my many, many plans. But I'd also like to go talk to someone who knows how to uh, get us to the pool of acid. Well, that would be, that would be the overseer. We can go talk to her. She's got a safe location where we would be away from the scrying, just like we were in the inn, just like hopefully you've been this whole time every time you've talked to somebody. That would be (laughs) choice. So, um, I hate to do this, but I have to say the less Travancore knows in this situation right now, the better, right? And it might be a good test to see if they're scrying on all of us or 
just on Travancore. So maybe you and I go talk to the overseer. I'm fine with that. Uh, I can actually let's uh, let's mill about. Yeah, let's mill about for a second and see if that that thing moves. And I think Bernie would just like want to like leave the call and encourage Cursa to do the same and walk over because they have to. They can't be corrected, connected to Travancore's brain. We've been able to have people leave the call before. I can't remember that. That seems like the kind of thing that could happen. I figure, like, you could just refuse to be in the spell anymore. I Like, if that's not in the rules, it feels like... You could also choose to end the spell early for all of us, and then we could just recast it in a little bit. Sure. Let's do that. Yeah, because I know we've just... You can't add people to the call without casting the spell, but I th- I think it's reason... Yeah. I think it'd be reasonable to say that people could leave on their own volition. Okay. Uh, it says you forge a telepathic link among eight willing creatures. So I think as soon as so- a creature becomes unwilling, unwilling, they drop from the call. Okay. But the corollary to that is once they become willing again, they're not automatically re-added. You still exactly. have to cast a spell. Yeah, I, okay. would, I would have to recast a spell. All right. So yes. So Carissa and Bernie are leaving the call and the two of them are going to go talk to the overseer and discuss a variety of things. And the three of you and any number of animal companions are going to stay in the call. Uh, Bernie, are you going to take Coco Snoot or you're going to walk on foot? Well, I guess she'll leave Coco Snoot to play with a bear. Okay. So all the people in the call are staying in one spot just outside of the mess hall where breakfast has been finished up and can discuss and decide what you want to do from there. Bernie and Carissa are heading over to the main office to go talk to Overseer Van Walda Wyvern Bain as the two of them walk off. So she's going to take her lantern back, snuff it out, and put it in her bag. Travancore, do you still keep your lantern lit? Hmm. I guess there's not much point now. I just I'll go back to the camp and I'll and I'll just extinguish it. Okay. He extinguishes it. You both put it away. Neither none of you can see the sensor anymore, so you don't know if it's still there or not. But you now know that you you remembered you had a thing. Uh, and so as the two of your uh, gnomish companions wander off to go talk to the overseer, we're going to pause there. When we come back next time, the party is split. Dun, dun, dun. Not really. Anyway, the party is doing their <laughs> the own. The party is in one building and a different building. And a different building in the same general location. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to decide. Also, you've leveled up. <gasps> and i wrote a note to ask the dwarves about the mines to build our alibi <laughs> there you time. go so for finally using the fun of hey i know a person which was super fun and we'll see what happens if professor wood shows up next next time we get together uh for everybody else getting super excited about former professors showing up for a bunch of really good questions and investigations about everything that's going on because things have gotten very complicated and for travancore being willing to go with the flow in this case i'm going to give you all a total of 6200 experience to split between the four of you and the next time we get together i think we'll start with chatting with the overseer thanks for listening to our adventure If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.